0: Okay, well, thank you to that Mama for allo, allo, and allo to all of you listening out there, whether on the radio or streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. This is Arts Week, and I am Jeanette de Beauvoir. And if you remember, Um, When my show falls very close to the 25th, I have a habit of reading The Child's Christmas in Wales by Dylan Thomas. But this year, I'm doing something totally different um, because I have a very special guest in the studio. If you listen to WOMR on Sunday mornings, you know her from Namaste. Her name is Indira Ganesan, and she is, like me, a writer, but a very different kind of writer. And that's what sort of this is about, because... Mm -hmm. Um, as you probably know, I write mystery novels. Indira doesn't. Indira is one of those literary fiction types. She teaches at Emerson. She's a former Falk Fellow. And um, I always thought of her as this entirely classical person. Um, And then I found out that, like me, she watches Midsummer Murders. (laughs) (laughs) So what better way to usher in the holidays then to talk about a little bit of murder in the Cotswolds. Welcome to Arts Week, Indira. Thank you so much, Jeanette. Thank you for inviting me. This is such a pleasure. Oh, it's, it's so fun to do, just do something different. This is kind yeah. of my Christmas gift to myself is this mm-hmm. little conversation. So um, how on earth did you start watching um, these English, these British uh, murder shows—it's—it's
1: it's so strange. Um, well, I was a long um, time fan of Agatha Christie growing up. You know, my my mom was a fan, and in India, you could always find um, Agatha, Agatha Christie volumes in various old homes, and along with P. G. Wodehouse. So those are. That's all you need in life, really. (laughs) really (laughs) If you have
0: Agatha (laughs) Christie and you have Woodhouse, you're all set. Yeah.
1: And talk about coziness. Um, And then I found other mysteries, and I went through a period of of, you know of watching television. Um, Poirot, I think, was a big, big television draw for me. Um, I wasn't crazy about um, Murder She Wrote. That Mm -hmm. didn't really. That that seemed kind of silly. Oops, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Los Angeles, L.A. But um, and then I actually thought *Midsummer Murder* was kind of silly when I first started, and I started to watch instead all these like very serious noir, Scandinavian. All the Scandi noir ones, yes, yeah. which are so grim and clever, then, very clever, very smart, very smart. And then somehow I don't know, via Father Brown and and. I, you know some other things, Hetty, Hetty Wainthropp. I think I found myself going back to Midsummer from the very beginning, and and it's
0: a very long series. We should point out.
1: It's is it still going on? Has it concluded? I
0: think it may have concluded,
1: but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like 20 seasons, which is perfect because after the uh, start of the pandemic, suddenly I found myself um, eating dinner with the TV on and being very choosy about how I wanted to spend that dinner hour you know I didn't want to watch like gore I didn't want to watch um you know intense anything any, you know.
0: anything that was newsy because you didn't really want to hear the news at that point <laughs>
1: no at that point because I'd had the fill of the news all through the day or especially in the morning and then because um, I, I tend to read uh, I don't watch the news but um yeah, so suddenly cozy English murder. What did you say? Everyone needs a cozy little English murder mystery? <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I want
0: to say you bring up Father Brown just quickly. I heard on the radio yesterday that Bob Dylan, of yes. all people, loves Father Brown and Coronation Street. This is And hilarious. he said it makes him feel at home. <laughs> These are two extraordinarily British older... Um, well, Coronation Street's still going on, but but Father yeah. Brown certainly isn't. Yeah. Um, older, older mysteries, and this is a guy. He's from Minnesota, right? Something yes, like he is. that. Yeah. I found that an
1: extraordinary. Can you imagine? He's like holed up in a hotel somewhere because uh, I, uh, I mean, he's not on tour. He's probably watching at home. But I just imagine, you know, when you're at a hotel, you want to turn on the TV, and he's watching Father and Brown. He's watching Father Brown. Which you told me was written by, was it J.B. Priestley? No, Chesterton. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. Yes.
0: And in fact, just as sort of an intro to this discussion of of mysteries, um, Chesterton was the first um, writer who really talked about... um, sort of subtle layers of meaning in other words up until then detectives had been like sherlock holmes mm. so it's very cut and dried you go by the evidence often he would find things that you that 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 um, conan doyle didn't even bother to tell the reader about, all right. which is really unfair, because yeah. how can you solve the mystery if you don't have all the information? Exactly. Um, and that was the kind of detective um, you know, there's a right and there's a wrong, and there's a clear line between them, and that's what detective fiction was up until Chesterton. Oh. And Chesterton oh. brings in this sort of bumbling little Catholic priest um, who says really odd things like, you know, one of the things he said was, was once I figured out how I would have done this mm. if this had if this situation had happened to me, then of course right away I knew who
1: had done it uh,
0: and he started yeah. talking about you know anyone under the right circumstances could kill someone,
1: which is extraordinary coming from from a priest uh, exactly and
0: exactly. a priest at that time yeah. um, theres this compassion for um, the human situation yeah that since then has obviously been you know really Drawn on by so 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 many other authors, Mm. but Father Brown was the first. So I have to honor Dylan here. You know that (laughs) good choice.
1: It's it's excellent, and it's so funny because there are two incarnations of the Inspector Barnaby in *Midsummer*, and the second Inspector is more like a Father Brown character, someone who people don't take seriously, someone who you know people kind of want to dismiss. And yet, and acts in a kind of goofy, bumbling manner, sometimes on purpose.
0: But also steps back and (coughs) reflects. Yes. So we should tell people what this means, these two Inspector Barnabys. And let's situate it. Midsummer is a fictional place, but it's in the Cotswolds. It's clearly in the Cotswolds, um, which, if you don't know, is sort of a playground for the rich now, I'm afraid. But it it used to be the quaint English village all over the Cotswolds. Um, And... So all these different little areas of midsummer have all sorts of strange and sometimes terrible things happening in them.
1: and they each like in various districts each come with their own pub, their own chapel, their own um, big house, um, stables, etc. So there're all these like wonderful areas in which crime can take place and do and does) <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I thought it was a very, you know, this, again, we're talking about a series that's run longer than any other series I can think of. And yes. I, have, yeah. I am a, an assiduous um, viewer of, of detective, especially British detective fiction. Um, And I think it was very clever what they did, because often when you want to change actors, you have to have a whole huge different storyline for bringing them in. And what they did with this was very clever, which was a few episodes before the switch, they introduced us to the main character's cousin, who has the same name Mm -hmm. as he does, the same last name, and is the one who will take over when the first one leaves. So I thought that was a really interesting transition.
1: It was a wonderful transition. And we should also explain for those who aren't familiar with the series that um, the first Inspector Barnaby lasted for many, many seasons, right? A good 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And then I think when that actor retired, um, this new actor was brought in and mm-hmm. it was very cleverly done.
0: Yeah, it truly was. I lo- One of the things I like about it, and you can tell me if, if you feel this way also, but I feel like... And, and and this is not unique to midsummer murders, but I just am so aware of it that you end end having watched it, feeling a little bit. Um, Enriched that you've learned something that you that you know there are people in there that you carry with you so that well you and I for instance we've had long email correspondence about um, the first Inspector Barnaby's wife exactly exactly <laughs> these characters <coughs> seep into our lives don't they
1: they do and that's what's interesting too because I think with uh, for instance Sherlock Holmes we don't know any in the old um, you know and in the books and uh, and in maybe the first. Uh, serializations of these stories, we don't learn anything more than we know from the beginning of Holmes and Watson. We don't, like, learn too much more about their inner life or their um, their lives outside of their jobs, I think. Um, that's a very broad generalization. But with A Midsummer, you do, and you start really caring for these Characters and who they're dating and who they're, um, you know, fighting with or you know with their little quandaries of you know problems of, of I don't know whatever. Um, so that's that. So that keeps you interested because you're interested in the character. The murder is almost a byproduct, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel that way too. That a, a lot of people who read mysteries. Um, are just as engaged with the characters and Mm -hmm. the place as they are with the story and there's still a group of mystery readers and mystery viewers who will always be wanting to solve the puzzle and obviously you have to play fair which Conan Doyle didn't do but you have to play fair and give them enough clues so that they could solve it exactly although you also give them enough red herrings so that they don't solve it and there are some people for whom that is the main attraction but there's a whole lot of other people and I really do include myself here. Um, I read these things and watch these things for engagement with interesting people and yeah. and seeing how they puzzle out these very – I mean, one of the things about murder is it kind of ups the ante mm-hmm. um, so, that, so that, you know, you're coping with something that most people are not called to cope with. Yeah. Um, and, and it reveals things about people, I think, that you probably wouldn't see if it were just a – and I shouldn't say that. I'm putting just in, in yes. quotation marks, but just a story without – the murder without the whole mystery exactly. attached.
1: And there's also a sense that it's a very, um, you know, I think there's there's an element of curiosity, of course, that drives the viewer and the reader to know who who, who did it um, and how and, uh, and see if you can solve it before the detective can solve it. That's always like the race is to see if you can solve the mystery before the ending is revealed. But there's also another sense is that we're in this beautiful english countryside there are these gorgeous um landscape vistas that uh that we're privy to which i think quite frankly the national trust and the english tourism board is very is very um you know is, is a great beneficiary because suddenly Obviously, people yeah. want to go visit um, places that are like uh, midsummer go to the cotswolds um but uh, but there's a sense also that things are tied up. We know that we're going to be taken care of, you know, that it's a, it's a, it's a gruesome murder. And yet at the end, the ends will be tied. Right.
0: And that's I, I think that's really at the base of um, the real attraction of mysteries in general but murder mm-hmm. mysteries in particular is that there's justice mm-hmm. and since yeah. real life doesn't always bring justice no there's something very comforting and I've, I've said this many times and people look at me oddly but there's something very comforting about a murder mystery because by and large with a few exceptions it all comes right in the end it does you know yeah. that that yes a tragic thing has occurred but tragic things occur, and usually, you know, they just go away. Whereas here, the tragic thing occurs, and the person's brought to justice, and the survivors have some sort of sense of closure um, Mm. that you don't get in real
1: life. You don't. And when you don't get it in real life, it's frustrating, you know. And if I don't actually get it in, I remember reading a novel and thinking, well, this would not have happened in a mystery novel because this, this, you know, you can't just murder and get away with it,
0: right? You right. know, we make sure you die. <laughs> <laughs> the author's <is> watching. <laughs> Even if initially the detective is not. So you brought up the the idea of visiting the Cotswolds. And I just have to add something. Um, I have this really fantastic little book. It's called Your Guide to Not Getting Murdered in a Quaint English Village. (laughs) And I just want to read a paragraph from the intro because it it, it really ties in with what you just said about this, this whole idea of the Cotswolds. So it starts with, it's a, it's a note to the gentle reader, and it starts saying, okay, you've read all these books, you've watched all these TV shows, you've gone to visit England, you've done London, and now you really want to experience this quaint English village. <laughs> so here's what she says, the author respectfully suggests you put aside these fantasies. It is possible that you will find yourself in a placid and tedious little corner of England. It is just as possible that you will end up in an English murder village. You will not know you are in a murder village, as they look like all other villages. When you arrive in Shrimpling or Pickles in the Woods or Wombat (laughs) on Sea or wherever it is, there will be no immediate signs of danger. This is exactly the problem. You are already in the trap. My advice, stick to urban areas. Do not go to the countryside. <laughs> Dispose of this book and continue on with your life. If you still insist on pursuing this course of action, commit the following information to memory. It may help you remain alive if anything can. <laughs> and then she goes on to talk about the characters and the manor house uh-huh. and the, the priest and, you know, all the all the sort of um, staple characters yeah. of, of These, you know, sort of, I think, you know. Mysteries. Yeah. yeah, And at some level, we're still talking about mid-century, 20th century. Yeah. Even though they don't take place then, you still have that sense of that kind of ordered society. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, Where people are still, by and large, playing by the rules. Yeah. Um, And playing their parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and things can't just blow up all of a sudden, right? You know, right. In, 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 in the distance, um, it's a smaller th- things can blow up uh, in the family, in the you know, in the community, um, and there's a cause, and then uh, there is uh, that, that and that cause will be explored.
0: Well, and it's that very intimacy, isn't it, that makes it so comforting? Because one of the one of the things that we struggle with is is the sort of um, well, the sort of Patricia Cornwell kind of mm-hmm. books, where it's it's a random serial killer, and and randomness is very frightening because anything can happen to anyone. Exactly. And one of the things that, that these these mysteries, whether you read them or watch them or both. Um, You know, bring home is that there's a little bit of control that it's not entirely random. Exactly, that there's a cause and effect. Yes, Um, and that cause and effect can be connected, and this and the people can go on. Exactly. Um, Whereas when you have a random serial killer who just you know breaks into your home at night and murders you. That's that's too close to the, the real life that we're trying to escape in reading these books. Exactly,
1: and that escapism is really is really a driving force, I think, in the in the appeal of these of these characters. Also, I think our moral outrage can be met uh, because the villi- the villain is brought to justice, mm-hmm. um, in, in, even if it's just getting arrested and going to jail. Right. But there's right. a sense of like, um, you know, in the end order will be restored peace will prevail you know maybe the status quo it's 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 complicated but it's but it's definitely not something that we're used to in real life where things go on wars go on criminals go on and you know and injustice
0: yeah it does feel on. a little bit like um you know like one of those carousels or something where you see these different people and 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 roles kind mm-hmm. of going about you know that little circle of yes. of the village and the village life and and really the murder um, and it usually is a murder although there are other I know that you you mentioned um, Hedy Wainthrop, and and she's famous for not having murders. Her mysteries do not involve killing, but by and large, there's a murder. But even Mm. the murder, even something like that that threatens to sort of tear apart that fabric Mm. of village life doesn't Mm. because the community overcomes it. And although, you know, there are obviously issues, you know, between people in the community as a whole, it comes together and, and gets through. And we can learn something from that, surely.
1: We can. And there's almost like a, a kind of biblical knowledge as well um, that's kind of being played out. I just saw um, A Midsummer, and you've probably seen it already, where an entire community takes up arms against a villain who supposedly murdered a com- another community member. But it turns out that actually that supposition is incorrect. And what happens is that a stranger, this new inspector who has no connection to the village or to what happened 20 years earlier, has to come in and unravel um, without a sense of, um, you know, um, what do you say, like a kind of uh, without the burden of having lived in the community and being kind of hoodwinked. Or by.
0: blinded, blinded, blinded by, by by years of knowing people and saying, "I would, oh, he would never kill anyone." Well, exactly. We, as Father Brown has told us, we, none of us can say that. that really, yes, yeah. That, you know, I would never kill anyone. No, yeah. there are circumstances. Um, But I I think you're right that, you know, you call it biblical, but it's really a a big theme throughout centuries of of literature of the stranger arriving in Uh, town. Yeah. And for good or for bad, Mm -hmm. you know, but bringing the reader in or the viewer in via that stranger so that the world of this village can be introduced to the reader through the inspector or through the stranger who arrives. um, Yeah. And, and, and has to make sense of it, but also that the village has to make sense of having this stranger in their midst. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, and accept it. And it's interesting because, like, if you to go back to Agatha Christie, I mean, her detective was this Belgian immigrant who people did not at all, you know, who made fun of because yeah. he, he drank no tea. No one took him seriously, right? No one took him seriously because he was so fastidious and, um, and yet sharp as you know, his little gray cells are constantly working. So again, the stranger who comes and kind of reveals for us what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think that can be revelatory, but it can also be really disruptive, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's part of needing to um, shake things up a little bit in order to get below that surface. I don't know, I'm just guessing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what what do you recommend that our our listeners um, indulge in? for the holidays for instance
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because these are all very uh, holiday oriented books (laughs) when i was first talking with india i should tell you folks when i was first talking with india about this and i'm saying well this is my christmas present to myself and she says and it has what to do with christmas absolutely nothing (laughs) but i you know i do if you don't read mysteries or, or watch mysteries um I I would say, you know, the new year is coming. Let's try something new. Um, And there's something really, I think, for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the things that we see, and and we're looking at things that are streaming, you know, from like BBC Mm -hmm. or or BritBox or, um, you know, some of the Acorn, some of these services that really center on British or European um, shows, that there's, you know, it's... Most of them are not grisly. Most of them are not, you know, showing graphic, yeah. um, horrible things. It's really showing the reactions of people around and how they cope and assimilate this. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I would recommend that anyone who hasn't been watching these yet start with the Scandi Noir. I think that could turn you off pretty much because yeah. um, it is pretty much an hour and a half of depression uh, <laughs> punctuated by murder. Um, <laughs> Although they're no, I should I shouldn't say that they're very smart. They're very well plotted, but let's face it. Yes. Um, but what would you recommend if someone's never watched any of these? If and, you've never, and uh, you and I watch a whole plethora of them. So exactly. A lot
1: to, to and we're constantly looking for the new one. Right. Um, well, interestingly, there, uh, there's been a bunch of remakes of Agatha Christie's that are presented as forms of um, as, as movies almost. So an entire. Uh, Christy Murder will be presented, set in the 30s or 40s, but actually filmed, um, you know, um, just a few years back. And I have been noticing that there's been a bunch of those. Like one is, um, What Did Evan Say? I think that was a a good one. Um, There might have been some others. Uh, And then, yeah, uh, and then start with like the first episode of a serial. Um,
0: Right, that's a good idea. Start with just one that's sits sort of, um, what's the word I want? All encompassed in the one. Yeah. In the one hour,
1: I think like the words that come to mind are things like cozy and tidy. Things are tidied up. Things mm-hmm. are cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, there and you do have to suspend a certain amount of disbelief right. in order to enter this universe of of uh, of, of the mystery. Um, but um, but yeah, I would start with Agatha Christie. Then maybe um, maybe Father Brown, because I mean, if you're a Dylan fan, why not? <laughs> why not? You know? If it's good enough for Bob Dylan, you know, <laughs> it's good enough for us. So you know, Patty Smith mm-hmm. um, really likes um, the the oh, Indira, the um, uh, Scandinavian mystery writer. Who I'll think of? Who uh, Kenneth Branagh played a British version of the same Wallander. Wallander, right? She really likes Wallander. Oh, interesting. I think she even visited the set. In fact, didn't Charles and Camilla visit the set of the Killing or something? Another Scandi, possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I just recently heard about those Agatha Christies. I haven't watched them myself. The
1: new ones, yeah.
0: There's also this interesting, and and um, I, I'm totally an anglophile, so I'm always watching all these things. But it's interesting to me that there's this difference, even though most of these that we're looking at are are, are stories that fall into sort of the aegis of police procedurals because mm. it's a you know, it's an inspector, it's a yes. it's a police person in charge. Um, which differs from, you know, like the books I write or, yeah. or or, you know, the sort of amateur sleuth who who stumbles onto a mystery and somehow mm-hmm. solves it against all odds. Mm-hmm. Talk about suspending your disbelief. But what what's interesting to me is so there, there are urban British Inspectors yes. who are very different from this sort of Cotswold laid-back part of village-fate life. Yeah. Um, I think, for instance, of Inspector Morse, Inspector yes. Lewis, yes. Um, who are in Oxford, which is not a huge city, but it's still an urban environment mm. and a special one because it's got so many students there and that sort of thing. Yeah. Or, um, and I'm trying to think of of, of the name. Um, Inspector Lindley I don't uh, the Elizabeth oh, yes. George books.
1: Yes, yes, so which is have,
0: in London. Although yes. they do a fair bit of traveling to different places, but there's still this really different ethos, I think, between those and and the sort of midsummer, um, villagey things.
1: Because there's a, a goofiness that's in that's in midsummer, where even the police are kind of goofy. Um, whereas, for instance, in Inspector Lindley I think his uh, uh, his uh the woman who is his assistant um, chooses at one point to live in—no, you know, no, actually, I'm thinking of Doug Leach. Doug Leach is his assistant in the P.D. James Mysteries, mm-hmm. which is also wonderfully also serialized. Also wonderful, yes. Just lovely. Um, there we have a detective who's a poet. But his assistant really, you know, comes from a, a really poor background. And she really wants her modern, um, flat Way up in a skyscraper overlooking the Thames. This is, you know, that's which is as far away from From the Cotswolds (laughs) as you can get. Exactly.
0: Well, and dear, we've got about two minutes left. I can't believe it. (laughs) Um, Let's leave people with um, a couple of titles, or a couple of authors, or a couple of shows that that they should check out this holiday season. (laughs) Okay.
1: What do you um, recommend? Well, let's see. I loved. Um, I, I keep calling it Sheffield, but it's it's not Sheffield. Shetland, 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 Shetland. I just I loved it. It's um, again a remote, practically outer Cape area, um, but it's set in uh, in the um, Shetland Sco- Islands, Scotland, Scotland, in yeah. Scotland. And good detective, good community.
0: Yeah, and, and very layered. I, very I think layered, that Shetland's yeah. interesting that way. Yes. The, um, the actor who plays the, the inspector in that is Scottish himself. And he said, right. he said, however, that the accent in the Shetland Islands is much closer to a sort of Scandinavian almost because oh. physically they're closer.
1: Right.
0: Um, and he said, I wasn't even going to attempt that. I'm just going to go straight forward with the Scottish accent because that's way too difficult. Yeah. Um, but, and it's less cozy
1: than yes. midsummer.
0: Yeah, it is. It's definitely less cozy, but it's still not this crazy you know um, city running around um, the streets and sirens and lights and all that sort of thing, which are not the kind of things we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so I, I think that if you want to have a gift book for someone, your guide to not getting murdered in a quaint English village is really a hoot. Um, Who's that by? Pardon? Who is that by? That is by. Ooh, I should try to find that out, shouldn't I? It is by Maureen Johnson and Jay Cooper. I assume that Jay Cooper is the illustrator. It's almost um, goryesque illustrations, oh, oh. which goes very well with it. Um, but anyway, this has been wonderful. I've so enjoyed talking with you, Indira, and it's thanks for being on Arts Week. Thank you. It's been a gr- it's been gr- it's been a treat. And thanks to everybody for listening in I uh, know this is different I hope that we've piqued your interest in mysteries a little bit and um, and happy holidays to everyone happy holidays I